Despite the persistent threats from terror gangs, Usman Mohammed and his family were not planning to leave their hometown in Nigeria's northwest Zamfara state. When the terrorists ordered his community to stop working on their farmlands or risk getting attacked, Mohammed knew he had to leave everything he had built behind and flee to a safer place. Displacement is a tough situation and the humanitarian crisis in the region doesn't get much attention from the government, aid organizations and also the international community. This impacts the amount of assistance available and the living conditions of displaced persons who often have to rely on help from philanthropists. Although the local authorities provide a level of support to some displaced people in certain areas, they are generally hostile to the idea. And this hostility could be linked to attempts by local authorities to discourage the creation or growth of refugee camps. However, this approach creates a false illusion that the problem doesn't exist. This illusion affects the ability of displaced persons to access the aid and essential services they need. Hello, welcome to The Crisis Room, a podcast from Human Angle. I am Miriam Mustafa. In this podcast, we look at crisis trends across the country and answer the tough questions around them. This week, I am here with my colleagues, Murtala Abdullahi, Aishat Babatunde, and Kunle Adibajo. Thank you, Miriam. Today, we'll be discussing the plight of displaced communities in Northwest and parts of North Central Nigeria, including the lack of sufficient attention on the growing human human crisis in these regions. So over the past few years, the multidimensional security crisis in these regions has escalated in intensity, and this is leading to further disruption of lives, which has led to forced displacements in states like Kaduna, Katsina, um, Sokoto, and also Zamfara. And according to the UN Refugee Agency, Zamfara, which is the epicenter of the violence, records the highest number of displacements, with over 300,000 people. This crisis has also led to the emergence of refugees, and nearly 100,000 people have fled across the border to the neighboring Marathi region, which is in Niger Republic. You have actually summarized the displacement crisis in the region. What's aggravating this situation is the continuous violence, destructions, and killings, alongside inadequate humanitarian assistance to this vulnerable population. The government, especially at the state level, appears to be reluctant uh, to provide the required humanitarian response that is needed, and it's actually not providing sufficient support to improve the operations of the humanitarian organizations. And so what this means is that the unfolding humanitarian crisis isn't getting the required attention. This could further escalate the rise in illnesses associated with a lack of food, clean drinking water, shelter, healthcare, and other basic services. Doctors Without Borders, one of the few aid organizations in the region, has treated thousands of children for acute malnutrition, measles, malaria, um, cholera, and respiratory infections. To speak more about the humanitarian situation are our investigations editor, Kunle Adibajo, and Aisha Tbabatunde, our senior reporter covering the humanitarian sector. Kunle, you have spoken to displaced persons during the course of your investigation in this region. Can you tell me what your assessment of the humanitarian crisis is? One word, alarming. The security situation in the region is really worrisome. 
the number of people killed and kidnapped has even outweighed casualties recorded in the northeast, where Boko Haram is operating. Many villages are deserted, a lot of people are displaced, facing harsh conditions. Even those who have remained in their communities, many of them have lost their livelihoods or have given out their life savings to pay ransom to terrorists. It's all very sad. And the government, state governments especially, are not really coming to terms with this reality. I have one question for you, Aisha. What are your thoughts on Kunle's comments about the crisis? I completely agree with Kunle. The authority seems to be struggling with providing a humanitarian response to this intensifying crisis. Uh, despite the clear provisions of the national policy on internally displaced persons, regional governments still shy away from their responsibility to cater for the displaced. And even when they get involved, the question of how to take effective action is often left out. They are quick to reset to the IDPs amid terror threat. Uh, aside this, I believe there is also a tendency from the international community to respond to where the humanitarian situation appears gloomier in the news. And that's why when the humanitarian response plan is drawn, appeals for aid funding are often concentrated towards the crisis in the northeast. The northwest and the north central regions attract much less attention than the northeast. Apart from that, uh, access constraints continue to be a huge challenge for humanitarian response in these regions. Aid workers face different obstacles that hamper their effort to assist displaced communities. Thank you, Kulia and Aisha, for joining us today. Keep up the great work reporting on these crises and issues in the region. Our conversation today shows the disturbing conditions of displaced persons in this region and the lack of IBP support. It's quite clear that the government needs to give more attention to the crisis and provide the enabling environment for humanitarian operations. This is an episode of Human Angle Crisis Room. Thank you for listening. I am Maryam Mustafa. Join in next week for another episode. Members of our production team are Aisha Babatunde, Tracy Allen Ezechuku, Murtala Abdullahi, and Anthony Asemota. The executive producer is Ahmed Salkida. <laughs>